Forgive me for asking, but I can't be expected to remember each podcast name unless you became another serial. Yes, serial. That was brilliant. Perhaps as brilliant as this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Reflux capacitor. Fluxing. Crew. Distinctions. Scanning for Final Fantasy VII, 1997. Prepare to rewind in three, two, one. Welcome, Rewinders, and new listeners to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I'm your captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz, and I'm joined by your XO and mine, Paul, the master interrupter of powers. There ain't no getting off of this trade we on. <laughs> well, so for this discussion of the game Final Fantasy VII, we welcome back aboard. Our, uh, he's a systems technician. Uh, is that right? Systems technician? What? What? Systems engineer. Systems engineer, excuse me. And tactics officer for the pod, Kitos Ruiz. Hello, I'm here. <laughs> Glad you're here. <laughs> we also have the pleasure of welcoming aboard for the first time. He's a youth pastor and host of the Reformed Gamers podcast. Here to complete our podcast crossover event is Logan Sharp. Welcome, Logan. What's up, dear listeners? How's everybody doing? Doing quite well. Thank you so much for coming on the show and on the pod. Thanks for having me. Of course. We're excited to do part two. Where can people find part one of this? I don't know. I might not even release it. (laughs) What? No, I'm kidding. Oh my god! I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They're doing I'm kidding. Mega the double crossover. <laughs> it's just a one time. Uh, it's just the one over. No, you guys can go to uh, the reformgamers.com uh, and you guys will see the episode there. It'll be episode 165, titled "Final Fantasy VII with Retro Rewind Podcast." Fantastic. Now that you have a quick flyby of who we are, Paul, can you give us a quick overview of the production specs? For Final Fantasy VII. Great. This isn't another game made by Japanese people. I butchered the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> but let's give it a shot. Final Fantasy VII was released January 31st, 1997 in Japan. The main story takes about 38 hours to complete on average. I doubt that. The rating is <laughs> rated T for teen, and it was directed by Yoshinori Kitase? Kitase? That too. It was uh, written by Kazushigi Nojima and Yoshinor. The same one you just said. (laughs) I'm sorry, there's a speck on my screen. It looked like a weird letter. Okay, I need to clean my screen. Uh, Kitase or whatever Francisco said before. The leading artist being Yusuke Nora. And Tetsuya Nomura. And the music was composed by Nobuo Iwamatsu. Okay, you ready for the box office game? Yes. This was released right. in the box office? What? No, but this is a continuation. Anyway, play off of our normal episodes where we review movies from the box office. But this has to do with the games, sales, how many units, how much money. Final Fantasy has a combined development and marketing budget of around $80 million. Oh, okay. Wow. Which was wow. the highest at that time? Uh, I guess back then that w- I guess back then that would have been really high. I, I'm yeah, like used to million. games costing so much more than that now, but yeah, okay, wow. Yeah. 
97? Yeah. yeah, 97. That was huge. So the original PlayStation version earned over 77, sorry, $777 million. And all the, and this is the original, uh, not the remake Final Fantasy VII, but of all the versions of that, like the PC and all the Mm -hmm. platforms and everything, it earned over $1.2 billion so far. Jeez. Holy moly. Wow. Okay. So there have been many, many Final Fantasy games released. But we're going to focus on the top 10 because this game actually made in the top 10s based on number of units sold. Of all the Final Fantasy games, what number in the top 10 is the original Final Fantasy VII? Ooh, that's a good question. Okay, let's start with uh, Logan. What's your guess? Mm, Probably put it at number four. Number four. Awesome. Okay. Kitos? I put it at number three. Number three. Dale yeah. in chat says four. Pastor Deucin in chat says five. And Thuthius says four. I, I'm going to go for the number one spot. One dollar, Bob. One dollar. Good job. It is number one. Really? Yes. What? Yeah. Really? For real? It beat for out real. 10 and 10 Yeah. Two? 10 I'm is surprised. number three. And uh, 14 is number two. Oh, so okay. Uh, fourth is six. Too many uh, numbers. So. And ten <laughs> wow. <two's> nine. <laughs> Sounds okay. like an algebra equation. <laughs> right? Yeah. One plus two plus two plus one. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you for those factoids, Paul. And let's see if any of them factor into our memory mind melt or subsequent roundtable discussion, which we'll get to once Alice has located our target game. Alert. Alert. Approaching target. Spoilers are coming. Establishing analysis vector. An evil empire is sucking the life force from the planet. Destroying all that's in its path. It's up to one soldier of fortune to save the world. If he succeeds, you survive. If he fails, you can always hit the reset button. Final Fantasy VII. Yes, you can always hit the reset button, but we can't reset our memories. In fact, let's talk about what we remembered before we replayed Final Fantasy VII. Here's your memory mind meld synopsis. For the story first, I remember the game starting from a train where you are Cloud, the mercenary with a big sword. Then you blow up a power plant, and then, for some reason, Cloud has to wear a dress and sneak into a mansion, and finally there was a big (laughs) skyscraper that you and Party sneaked into and found everything, everyone, was already dead by Sephiroth. And there's also the infamous Aerith scene that shook every junior high kid to their core, and ultimately save a girl who uses magic from a silver-haired baddie. As far as the gameplay is concerned, we remembered move around in overworld with random battles and huge god ether slash ether combat and summons that were awesome. Something about calling on these mystical creatures to deal out heavy amounts of damage was something to behold. As far as multiplayer goes, uh, none. But you can always watch someone else play, which is kind of like multiplayer, right? <laughs> I first saw Final Fantasy VII when I was watching a friend play the game and fight and fighting the final Sephiroth boss. Bit of a spoiler, but it looked rad. Well, I, you know what? I can't think of anything in there that's wrong. 
Uh, I, I can. Oh, okay, good. When they enter the skyscraper, everyone's still alive. Oh, good point. Thank you. Thank you, Kitos. I, I, I'd be heartbroken. What game were you playing? Heartbreak, heartbroken not to have the Inception sound. So thank you for finding that. But based on those memories, as totally flawed, obviously very, very flawed as they were, what rating did they lead you to predict for this movie before rewatching it? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? Let's start with Kitos this time. What rain, What was your prediction for Final Fantasy VII? I predicted that would be classic. Classic? For, for all the years I've kept in my memory, I was like, ah, this is going to be classic for sure. Awesome. And uh, as we go around, tell us, how did you play it this time? Yeah, uh, so I actually played it on my Switch. On your Switch. Very cool, very cool. Uh, Logan, what was your prediction, and how did you end up playing it this time? Uh, My prediction is it's going to be classic, Mm -hmm. um, and I played it on the PS4. PS4, nice. How about you, Paul? I've never played this game before, but I've heard many people rave about it. So I predicted that this would be a classic game, and I downloaded and played it on my iPad. Oh, okay, very nice. Oh, wow. And I was, I you know, I kept the retro fires burning because I have the OG PlayStation wow. One oh, man. discs and played it on original hardware. But I predicted nostalgic because it has been a long time since I played it. I never beat it, and I didn't go back to it. Uh, in chat, we have some predictions. or um, I don't know if these are final reigns or predictions. So we'll say, oh, uh, Nostalgic was a prediction for Enthusiast. Pastor Deucen predicted Classic. Uh, and he's never played it himself, but I've heard all the hype for years. Okay, so he's sort of in your boat, Paul. See? Welcome. Thank you. And then Ashley says, Nostalgic for this gal. But it's uh, sounding like it could be a class. Ooh, okay, interesting. All right, well, it'll be interesting to see if those predictions came true. But first, let's get into our discussion for the things we liked most about Final Fantasy VII. Let's spin up our... Best three. And we will begin with Mr. Reform Gamers himself, dear podcaster, Logan. (laughs) What's one (laughs) thing you liked? (laughs) The dear guy. Um, Deer Hunter General, Deer Hunter, the Deer Avenger. Um, so for some of the things that I liked, I mean, I kind of have to say this one first, and this is probably something that everyone's going to say: is the combat is just really, really good. The active, the active time battle, the turn-based stuff, like it just, it just works really well. Even. This many years that set apart after the release, I really loved the combat mm-hmm. um, in this game. Just could not get enough of it. I mean, I'll be talking about the combat later, but okay, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like somebody had enough of it. <laughs> but Kitos, uh, I saw you nine along. Was the combat system something one of your likes? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I really like the battle mechanics and how they set up the battle, like. Even stuff outside of it, like materia, mm-hmm. like yep. uh, enhancing your equipment, give you abilities, all that kind of stuff. You can change it all out. It was awesome. I Very love cool. the combat. Now, I'm curious, what did you guys think of the camera angles and stuff for the combat? Did you think that was a good thing or did it distract you? Or That's you? actually my classic maker. Okay. So thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> 
Well, I, I was like, this is the best camera in any well, game of all and, time. And I'll, I'll get to more of that why that is later, but it's actually, it looked a lot better than a lot of the, uh, these look like real, like almost 3D people as opposed to these like, uh, Playmobil kind of characters during the pixel. <laughs> you know what I mean? These toys. So I liked how the camera swooped around and they're doing all the fun stuff. And I, I thought that was really cool. I wish there was more of that in the regular gameplay. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. That's, that's yeah, great. I, I felt like watching the battles felt very cinematic. Even yeah. though I'd see the same animations over and over, they were all really cool animations. So yeah. I liked it. Cool. Awesome. Well, okay, Paul, let's go to just one of your general likes. Oh, I, being a fan of Chrono Trigger, and I know this was made shortly after it by the same company, I enjoyed some of, re- hearing some of the themes and the music that was uh, carried over from Chrono Trigger, like some of the battles had very similar themes in it. Oh, did they? Was it, do you know yeah, if it was the like, same composer? Probably, because it all, almost, it was like that, na 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 that is like directly ripped from Chrono Trigger. Hmm, interesting. Okay, I'm I'm curious enough. Actually, will you look that up while I give uh, my first like, Paul? Do you I, want me to play that for no, you? No, no, no. Just look up if it's the same composer or not, because I'm very interested oh, to know if it's the same composer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, but, you know, it's funny that you bring up the music, Paul, because that was also one of my likes. I really enjoyed the music. I liked the sound effects. I thought all the sound effects felt really, really, really good, like they fit in this world and that they didn't seem... It, it was cool hearing... I don't know. They, they felt... They sounded a lot more vibrant than things that were on systems prior, uh, or like yeah, none uh, of that eight-bit music. <laughs> <laughs> I like my chip tune. I like the chip tune sounds. I'm just saying the sound effects and the music. You could definitely tell that there was this plussing of it from the 16-bit era to the 32-bit era. It sounded a lot more enhanced, fuller, richer. Though there's still a lot of synthesizer in this game, which. Which I was expecting a bit more orchestra, actually, but since it's like CD quality and all that, but it is still, I, I really enjoyed the music on the whole and uh, the sound effects. So speaking of sound, it says the music of Chrono Trigger was mainly composed by Yasunori Mutsuda, Mutsuda sorry, it's a different person I think that's on, different, yeah. with a, a few tracks. But there's a, several tracks were composed by the regular Final Fantasy composer, Nobuo. So there oh, cool. was like a crossover oh, in the composers nice. Well, there. that's cool. Okay. So I guess you have a good ear, Paul. Very nice. Uh, uh, let's see. Logan, what did you have a good eye for for this game? <laughs> good eye for? Um, what was good to your eyes about this game? I mean, <laughs> the summons were really rad. The I think summons? that was another one of my favorite things. Was oh, cool. Especially when I was kind of watching my friend play it when we were, when we were growing up, was seeing him summon like different things like Ifrit, um, Leviathan, and a couple others. I was like, dude, these are like this is really cool. I've never seen this in a game before. Awesome. And then being able to do that uh, even during my playthrough, I'm like, dude, these are still really cool to to pull up in the game. Um, especially Knights of the Round, who in this playthrough it was my first time getting that summon and then watching the like eight minute long cutscene of <laughs> getting to go through and seeing every it wasn't really eight minutes long, but it was a lengthy cutscene uh, so, summoning Knights so of the Round. You mentioned Knights of the Round when we were over on your podcast, Reform Gamers. Again, mm-hmm. that's uh, gonna be episode one sixty five, you said. Right. So definitely go listen to that. 
And every time you mention Knights of the Round, I think of the Capcom Knights of the Round game where you're playing as King Arthur and the Knights of the Round table. <laughs> and Percival. Like, and I'm like, it, it reminds, yeah, it reminds me of uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That okay, song, of the going, round on, table. going on. That's what I was thinking of, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I understood uh, you, Francisco. Thank you. I understood you. Thank you, Kitos. I appreciate that. Uh, so I'm curious. The the summons, though, I was unfortunately not able to get to that point in the game in my playthrough. Oh, oh come on, oh. Francisco. So How are you supposed what? to give it a this good review? You <laughs> didn't get the Chocobo <laughs> summon? My Bro. favorite one. No. The Chocobo Bro. summon. The Chocobo is pretty awesome. not going to lie. Yeah. I did Dude, it. it's rigged. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I started just one-shotting everything with it. Were, so, Kitos, I'm curious. Were you able to get that far? From what we talked about pre-show, it didn't sound like you got that far to have that summon, but did you well, get it? Yeah, I, I got it because, uh, I don't know, I guess it was a random drop, but... Um, oh, really? What's it called? Yeah, it, uh, I got lost <laughs> as soon as i got out of the city but i could talk about that in, in the next section okay fair very fair oh my so goodness i may have gotten a little ahead of myself in some parts that's okay but easy uh, to do uh Kitos, were the summons one of your likes or was something else something that really appealed to you about this game yeah i thought the summons were cool um something that i i really um enjoyed about it was i remember as a kid, this game being way darker, mm. like really, really dark. Well, you just got to like, turn the visually... gamma up. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> got to adjust your contrast and your yeah, yeah, get those saturation, get those tones right. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, like the mood. Oh, not, not my eyes. Oh, oh, see, you gotta specify these things. Okay. Yeah. Wait, were you playing like Welcome to Disneyland version? Like, <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks no. for playing Kingdom Hearts. Surprise! <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah, no. Uh, something I really liked though was that it was more f- like the character interactions were more funny and lighthearted than I ever remembered them being. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I, so I, I I really liked that, like playing through again. Mm-hmm. I wonder. Nice. Though, how far did you get? I wonder if they would get darker the further you get into the game. Um, I got to where you were remembering what happened between Cloud and Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. That's yeah. about as far as I got as well. Though I had on previous a pl- previous playthrough, I did get a lot, lot further than that. But yeah. okay, uh, Logan, maybe you can touch on that real quick. Does the dialogue stay fairly light throughout, or does it get darker as you proceed, progress? It definitely gets more darker i guess to kind of give context i uh played through the game beat it got the platinum trophy did a lot of the the side stuff um Hashtag and uh, brag. just saying <laughs> not, not bragging or anything i did to get the platinum though um it definitely like the more you play though the darker it does get especially when you meet vincent and you learn his backstory and then uh just kind of as the stuff just starts really kind of hitting the fan so to speak and mm-hmm. you really see uh sephiroth's plan starting to come to fruition it, it gets pretty dire mm-hmm Gotcha. Okay. That's thank you for that context. That's much appreciated. Yeah. So uh Kitos, does that change your like to not be alike anymore? No, no, it's still a like just because <laughs> I mean, at least during the setup of characters, you don't it's really like cool seeing them you, you don't like this game. Okay, that's fine. We'll continue. <laughs> uh Paul, what's something you liked about Final Fantasy Seven? I really liked and uh, this is it's normally ridiculous to see somebody wielding a huge sword that's like <laughs> bigger than him and all yeah. the weapons. 
But I thought it was actually really fun. I thought it added an element of fun, kind of fantasy. You're like, like, oh, there's a, like a lot of things that are possible here. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed that aspect. And you know what? That goes right into my next like, which is I thought there is some. I mean, this is common with Final Fantasy games, but I think that's it's nonetheless something I enjoyed. Was the very unique and interesting characters. Everyone seemed like they. Some sometimes it felt like they were really. They weren't in, they were out of place, but yeah, each of them was interesting. They all seemed like they had uh, a backstory that was well thought out. They, I, I really enjoyed seeing how, uh, Tifa and Cloud had, were like semi, well, I think Tifa had more of a crush on Cloud than Cloud was interested in Tifa, but I, I liked seeing their backstory. I liked seeing like Eris and how she's taking care of the flowers or Aerith, like, I'm sorry, Aerith, uh, just lots of interesting, even like Wedge and Biggs, those two uh, avalanche yes. guys. Yeah, which yeah. <laughs> it's funny that they're that Star was going to be my fourth from. like, just having uh, the cameos from the Star Wars of Wedge. <laughs> 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 but I, I, so I really thought, and and my favorite character from my my previous playthrough, actually, I got to him in this one too, was Red Thirteen, which I nicknamed Lion-O, which. Quick, quick sidebar. Did you guys keep your the just the default names, or did you change the names when you played through this time? I used the default names. Default. I'm now at the age where if I rename them, I can't remember if I visited <laughs> like who did what in as the story goes along. So, so you just keep yeah, the I default. Did. Yeah. Uh, I kept the default too. I can't. Okay. I have this weird thing where, like, if I change the name of the characters in JRPGs, it really throws me off, mm-hmm. and so I don't. I don't do it. That's very. Yeah, nice. I I found after playing JRPGs when I was younger, and then trying to talk about them to other people and referencing my character names, they had no yeah. idea what I was talking yeah. about. Yeah, I was I'm, like, oh, I've noticed this. <laughs> with- you guys don't remember when Mister Hanky blew up the <laughs> reactor? <laughs> it's Poopoo Head. Voiced oh, by bad. Mr. Hanky. Yes. <laughs> gotcha, so my bad. My bad. For those that are totally unaware, I was playing Final Fantasy VII on stream, and the the playthrough I have, uh, Cloud was named Poopoo Head by my son <laughs> and wife. So <laughs> I voiced good. him as Hi Ho, Mr. Hanky. Anyway, uh, that's awesome, guys. Uh, well, now that we've talked through sort of our sort of our mainline likes, let's get into our classic makers, the things we loved most about Final Fantasy VII. I'll go ahead and kick us off. Because, Already did. Oh yeah, you did. <laughs> and you know what, Paul? I I was just trying not to give up the ghost, but the battle system was the my classic maker as well. I just it was so just it felt so good, like you guys were saying before. I, I it was really solid and balanced. Uh, it felt like a good mix of. I loved how the camera always started in a different position. That's why I wanted to get your guys' take on it. Yeah, it did feel a lot more cinematic, uh, and I just i I liked so much about it. There are there's one thing that I didn't like about it that I'll get one into <laughs> later, but it definitely was my classic maker. Whenever I was in a battle, I was engaged and like I was happy in my happy place playing this game. So that was my classic maker. Logan, what did you love most about this game? Um, probably, probably the characters. I think playing through uh, this time, I really got to know them a little bit better oh, and cool. pay attention to what they said. And mm-hmm. especially doing their backstory stuff was re- like Barrett's. It was my favorite out of the whole oh, really? uh, game um, because it had a very like 
his backstory reminded me of an episode of Trigun, which is like one of the quickest ways to my heart. Um, <laughs> and so it just, I just, I really love the characters. I really love getting to know them more, lo- mm-hmm. love getting to unlock their different uh, limit breaks and stuff yeah. like that. And it was just, it was cool. Really love the characters. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, Kitos, what was your classic maker? We'll end with you. Yeah, um, my classic maker was actually uh, it, it was it was really tough. I was deciding between two, honestly, the music and the story. Mm-hmm. Like both of those are so good, I almost want to pick both at the same time because <laughs> well, you can't. It's just it's against the rules. <laughs> well, we break the rules right here. No, um, if I had to pick, I'd say the music. If I okay. had to pick, I'd say the music, just because. In all these years, I've literally never forgotten any of the music from Final Fantasy VII. And as soon as I hear it, in any context, I'm just happy. <laughs> it is so good. It takes all you of your happy place. It I, really does. I I will say, I'm, this is this is another aside. I'm full of asides tonight. It's it, I was watching someone, um, actually Peter Franson from Christian Geek Central. He played uh, the re- the demo, the remake, the Final Fantasy VII remake, and the music in that. I'm like, did for this remake, did they rip off Pirates of the Car- Caribbean or Car- Caribbean, whatever you want to call it? Because the music sounded like is always gonna just like get into the the Pirates of the Caribbean theme. It never crossed that line, but it's like constantly like building into it. And then it went. And then so I'm like, that's weird. But then playing this game, in the beginning, in the when you're uh, fighting the first reactor, it's the same music, just obviously a lot less orchestrated. I'm like, oh, okay, so I guess this, the, maybe Pirates of the Caribbean stole from it. But uh, all the other music, other than that weird hodgepodge that threw me, I, I'm I'm there with you. Well, yeah, mostly. From, mostly. from from the 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 timed battle music, like the reactor, like you're talking about, I really like that song. Any of the battle music when you're out in the just world. Totally. Um, don't break. Don't limit break. Keep those. <laughs> oh, that should be another one. Anyways, that's another like. Um, but yeah, no, all, all the music was good. And then the Chocobo music, if you made it to the Chocobo farm. Oh, that yeah, place, yeah. The Chocobo farm. That was farm. good, too. Totally did that. Uh, yeah, all, all the music. It's all really good. <laughs> Very cool, guys. Well, uh, I'm glad we can finally move on to. Oh, Let me uh, guess. There's another aside. Yes, there is another side. <laughs> another like, as per our usual arrangement. Apparently, I can't seem to... You'd think I would update the notes by now. Sorry to do this yet again. I don't think he's that sorry. <laughs> no one asked you, Paul, what my intentions were, but there's one more thing I liked. Strangers and Aliens. This is a conversational podcast and blog that explores the relationship between God and man through the lens of speculative and imaginative fiction and explores the same fiction through the lens of God's relationship with men. Join Ben Avery, Dr. Jason O'Neill, and Steve McDonald, a trio of Christians who are both fans and creators of story in their conversation about the intersection of faith and imagination. Find them at strangersandaliens.com.
That's great, Francisco. But what does that have to do with Final Fantasy? Well, I, I mean, they, they talk about... <laughs> Wait, I thought it was VII. That's the one I played. <laughs> they talk about story, and even though they've never covered a Final Fantasy, which I was hoping they had... Okay, there's not really that much in connection, so sorry. I fail you. I fail you, your highness. All right, but let's get back to Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's more like. Uh, well, how about some trivia about the VV? What the VI? Whatever it is. <laughs> the VVI. <laughs> Wrong game. Did you all realize, and you guys, some of you are Final Fantasy VII fans, so maybe you realize this, but in case you don't, uh, that the correct localization of the name Ares would have been the name Aerith, which was an, intended as a conflation of air and earth, but due to a lack of communication between the localization staff and, and the English localization and the QA team, Quality Assurance, for those that don't know, we got Ares or Aeris in the English version. So my question to you guys is what two elements... Uh, let's go with Captain Planet elements. So earth, fire, wind, water, and heart, which two elements match your personality or character best. And what name would that give you? Let's start with, let's start with Kitos. Well, it's kind of funny the backstory you said, cause, uh, on my switch, the the default name for Eris is actually Aerith. Yeah, I oh, think nice. they've corrected it in all the updates. But see, yeah. see, the people like like me that commit to playing the retro oh, games, wow. we get the the bad localizations. So. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and, and you visit your arcade game from the eight, their arcade stand <laughs> up machines from the eighties as well. Whenever you play. <laughs> Bite me, Paul. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. I just I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, uh, totally. I'm glad they corrected it the for yeah. the the new updates. Because I remember getting into the game, and I was like, "Wait a second, that well, where did Aerith come yeah. from?" I thought it was Aerith. <laughs> was it corrected in for Logan and Paul? Was it Aerith in your guys's versions as well? <laughs> yeah, it was Aerith for me when it popped up. I was like, "Hey, this sounds right." <laughs> nice. Sounds good. Cool. Sounds about right. Yeah. Uh so uh, so what's so, yeah. what would your name be? Yeah. Um mine would be Sturth. Steel and Earth. Steel wasn't an option. <laughs> well, it is now. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, steel comes from the earth, so yeah, that matters. Hey, there you go. So two earths. Okay. All right. How about you, Logan? Well, Oh, oh! Wait, did you have I, an explanation? Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's because it's a it's a mix between modern and the old ways. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. All right, that's fair. How about you, Logan? Uh, mine would be heater. Heater, heart, and water. Ooh, so heater. Nice. So there you go. Very cool. Taro. So why why are those your personality? What of water is your personality? What of heart is? Uh, because I'm very, I'm a very passionate person. So I have a lot of heart, uh, mm-hmm. I want to drive and then water is just because I just really like water. Uh, always have. So gotcha. I always pick the water starters in Pokemon. And, uh, and so, you know, Blastoise. My thing. Hey, look at that. Very Blastoise cool. is the best one, by the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> That's not exactly Mountain water. Dew isn't quite water, Paul, but how about oh, you? It's Paul? got some water in it. Yeah. <laughs> Liquid. <laughs> how about you, Paul? Uh, my be? personality can be uh, 
labeled as a trailblazer. So uh, like go forth, blaze with fire and put it out with water. And keep going and conquering and let other people build and build on top of that. So oh. it's fire and water. When you mix, when you put fire and water together, you get farter. <laughs> <laughs> That's mine, farter. Oh man! Wow. <laughs> oh, dude, that's awesome. Uh, that's one for the record books. Okay, well, cool. <laughs> so, enthusiast is also water and fire, but he calls himself what tire. So probably a little yeah flipped yes exactly flipped dale says heart not sure on a name well he could be rt if you want to just go with heart and just switch the letters uh enthusiast says he's a metal bender oh that keto says yes fake new (laughs) (laughs) Uh, apparently pastor deucin likes venusaur he's venusaur all day me, me uh, and him can debate later about that. Okay, you you do that. And Dale says yes. Have a far a farty party with Polly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, guys. Yeah. So what about that, you, Francisco? Oh, uh, for me, I was thinking, I was thinking I'd be probably fire and earth. Definitely earth, because I feel like I'm very grounded a lot of the time. But I also can, if I'm get worked up or frustrated, I can get really rageful. So that's where the fire comes from. So I was thinking I'd be, uh, what did I say? Like Colin Firth. Yeah, Firth. Yeah, Firth. Exactly. That's what, that's what it was. So Firth or eight, eight, eight tire is that doesn't work. So we'll go with Firth. When you look at your son, you're like, Oh, it's a Firth baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what I say, Paul. Exactly what I say. (laughs) Great trivia, Francisco. And now here's, this episode's listener question. Ooh. What is your favorite non-final fantasy RPG video game? Ooh. So any video game that's not Final Fantasy RPG? Or that's, do you mean what's your favorite RPG that's not Final Fantasy? Yes. Thank you to clarify. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. Okay. Yes. What's your favorite RPG video game that isn't a Final Fantasy video game? Exactly. Oh, so people actually have a chance of getting this right. <laughs> they always have a chance of getting it right, Paul. I, know. I said that with my tongue not firmly in my cheek enough, I guess. Wow. All right. So send your answers to trivia at retrorewindpodcast.com. By the time we record the next episode, which this time gives you like a good month or so, <laughs> you have tons of time. Uh, this will release on, well, it, w- it was tax day, April 15th. So, uh, but, uh, so you have like, I don't know, a week or two weeks to get your answers in. So plenty of time. For the year 2020. For those, yes, for the year 2020. Yes. How is the future, by the way? Hopefully it's your coronavirus free. Now that we have all had some trivial fun, let's find out the memories you, our awesome rewinders, had about Final Fantasy VII. Uh, House of Splash says, cloud can't be beat. Not even with some wind. Here goes the cloud. <laughs> LJ Lowry says, some okay, will consider this heresy, but I didn't like it. I disliked the, <sighs> the characters outside of the battle. It completely took me out of the experience. Excited for the remake, though. Nice. Uh, Iggy Pa Zero. P- so I think Iggy Pop. 
Uh, FF7 and FF10 are my husband's favorite. What are your favorite, Iggy Pop? My dog is actually named after Cloud, not Clouds. <laughs> That's funny. And Chocobo, or she says Cocobo, but I think she meant, or he, she meant Chocobo, is the best. Dustin Warford says, the best Final Fantasy game ever. Fun, <laughs> emotional, satisfying, and worth replaying over and over. Excited for the remake. And Ashley Cronbetter says, the music is what is most memorable for me. I love the story and expanded universe it created for itself, but the look of the game made it hard for me to play through. I made it to the third disc before I called it quits. Wah, 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 wah. Well, actually, you know what? Ashley's uh, comment leads us right into our dislike section. We can talk about what maybe made us want to call it quits, quits for this game. Uh, so, Alice, why don't you bring up our... Worst three. Yes, let's get into the three things we disliked about Final Fantasy VII. Start, I mean, one thing at a time, guys. Don't go Chocobo wild here. Uh, right, let's okay, begin... Let's... <laughs> not seven, not, not V-I-I. <laughs> Paul, what's something you disliked about Final Fantasy VII? Um, well... You know, at the beginning, when Cloud meets the the main girl Tifa, and she says, starts going to this backstory, she says, "Remember when I once told you I wish a hero could come in and rescue me someday?" And I'm I like, "I need a hero to save who us." Who cares, lady? You're with the other guy, and you have this little kid running around. Like, forget you. You already made your decision. She's so, not with Barrett. That. Well, at that point, it looks she's in his bar or whatever the she hangout just works thing is there. Yeah. yeah, no. They're well, they're together. really friendly. Let's put it that way. When you meet, it, like they, it looks, they and they even have a kid running around together. It's it, not their kid, though. At no point was it, wait, did I get the that impression that Tifa was involved with Barrett. Are you kidding me? They no. were so together. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I played, like when I was a kid, I got that impression. Oh, okay. See, that they were all right, but. I said now no. But you put well, childish yeah, things uh, behind you, Kitos. I'm like, so. <laughs> I'm sure if the game goes along, you kind of figure that out. But at, when you first meet it, that's that's the impression that's given. Yeah, I would agree with Paul okay. on that. So I could see how you'd be upset by that. That that's fair. N- knowing that that's not the case, does that change your dislike of it at all, or it's still the same? No. Then why even? No. I wish they didn't set it up that way. Then. Or that was just more clear that they weren't. Yeah. In, okay, that's totally yeah. fair. That's totally fair. Uh, Logan, what's something you didn't like? Um, I'm sure this was fine back in 1997 when the game came out, but I hated the controls playing through it again. Trying Ooh, to use both what? the sticks, the D-pad, I just it just felt super clunky in it. Like it made that- me feel like I was playing with like Lego bricks encasing my thumbs. Yeah. It was Wait, just what. Lego bricks. Yeah, it, it, your th- it felt like it felt like Lego bricks were like taped to my thumbs and made it hard to play. Oh, I thought you meant like you're building Legos around your thumbs. I'm like, I mean, that sounds kind of cool, but what does that have to do with the game? <laughs> okay, I see. I did play the game that way. Okay, well, now, I got that armor now. gloves. Yeah, <laughs> that's the best way to play Super Clunkyo Brothers. Lego Iron Man suits. Awesome. Okay, that that you know what. Logan, darn it, because that's my tragic maker. I hated these controls yep. so much. I mean, I have another one that's close to, was close to my tragic maker, but I picked this one. It's 
for uh, to have 3D characters, and I didn't have the option of doing the analog. It is all D-pad for me because uh, oh, that, wow. that's just what how this came out. And I had some people in my chat when I was streaming it. I think the Dustbuster and or some others said I remember playing it with analog. I'm like, well, th- no, it doesn't work. If I tr- press the analog button, none of the controls work. So it's very oh, wow. is very frustrating, especially when you had to like pivot through tiny spaces oh my god okay thank you ross it was just (laughs) so aggravating i don't know why they went with that when they had i assume they had analog sticks from the beginning of the playstation i thought so no it wasn't from the beginning of the playstation yeah the dual shock controller came out a little bit after the playstation came out Okay. Like, I think a year or two after, actually. All right. Well, here. Because it came out with that that Monkey Escape game. I forget what. Oh, Ape Escape. Yeah, Ape Escape. Yeah, yeah, yeah Ape Escape. I, I, I don't totally remember that. <laughs> Most games at this time was uh, had about 20 developers working on it. This one had about 100 to 150 <laughs> developers on it. So they they did their best. <laughs> no excuses well okay so you took my tragic maker no excuses for that logan that's okay though uh let's go to ketos for something you didn't like yeah uh so mine kind of goes hand in hand with uh the bad control scheme but what i didn't like is actually the whole background images and how you move across the background Mm. um when you move across the background, like sometimes you'd get stuck or you weren't exactly like able to move where you think you'd be able to move or you'd be moving in a place you totally were not thinking you would be moving at. Mm -hmm. And so it it was just really confusing and it it was a great trial in uh, your ability to understand different perspectives. (laughs) It was, you know, I, I, it took me out of the experience a lot. Yeah. I completely a hundred percent agree. Yeah, like especially those when those moments when you're sort of on a very flat plane and you have to move, like moving up and down yeah. is like going yeah. receding into the background very slowly or coming forward to the background. I was like, am I going the right way? I can't really tell. Yeah. And so, then there yeah. were times where you'd move between two different screens and forward one way would be backwards on the oh, other screen. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd go back and forth between the two screens. Because yeah. you're going forward, entering one, which is now the backwards, leaving the other. So it, it, it kept messing me up doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. guys, it's it's uh, crazy. But I, I did want to uh, comment on the DualShock. It did come out November 1997, whereas this game was released in January 1997 in Japan. So I guess, yeah, they wouldn't have had mm. those. Um but analog did work on my Switch version. Well, since then, yeah. They've upgraded yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, so fair, I guess that's not a fair tragic maker, but it doesn't matter. I hit it so much, it's hard to control. And you guys <laughs> cooperate, so I feel in good in good company. Anyway, something I didn't like just in general was and I mentioned how much I enjoyed the the combat and the fighting system. Yeah, the mechanics of the the combat system, and it was great. Except I, oh my gosh, I did this. I did both these things. I healed an enemy with a potion. Okay, and (laughs) I hit. I think I used Barrett, and I hit Tifa. 
I'm like, yeah. why is wow. there friendly fire? And I get later on, there's these pyramid things that one of the, I forget if it's um, Rufus or if it's uh, Reno that puts these things on you that you actually have to attack because he's encasing your character and your character, your oh, character, yeah. your character yeah. can't do anything until you attack this pyramid to set them free. Break it. Yeah, yeah. to oh, break it, exactly. I thought the enemy was like putting a confused thing on me. That's why I was hitting my own character. In fact, I just stopped playing one of the characters and I was like, no, he's just going to hit me. And then finally I had to attack I, because uh, the enemies kept attacking. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it got confusing. It, yeah. Especially when, when not having the analog stick is like I had to, if I, I couldn't just like, if I was in the middle character and I pressed like left, if I like yeah. the characters on the right and the bad guys on the left, it wouldn't like go over there necessarily. It would, it yeah. wouldn't do anything or it'd go down to my next character is yeah, very trying. So that was something I didn't like. Uh, let's go back to Paul. What's something else you didn't like? Um, cloud and everybody's basically kind of mean, kind of a everybody jerk. Everybody everywhere. Yeah, I based to me there was no likable characters at least oh. as far as as far as I got. So it's it was a it made it didn't make me want to play more. Let's put it that way. Like, oh, if you're going to be a jerk about everything, then I'll just let you sit and rot. I don't care. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Go die in battle. Who cares? <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know what? I I mean, I think as far as I got in the game, you definitely start to see some of the hearts of the characters. But it does take a while to get to that point. And you do, I mean, I don't think games necessarily have as much a need of a save the cat sort of mentality or setup. It would be nice, though. I think that's not a bad thing to have. And for those that aren't familiar, saving the cat is a feature of uh, storytelling where you have your hero do something heroic that sets up how, uh, sets up, oh, you to care about them or you to invest in them or you want to see them succeed because they did this nice thing. So uh, that's just a story trope that's used. But yeah, you don't really see that. I mean, Air, uh, Cloud kind of runs into Aerith and you can buy a flower from her, which is kind of nice, but you can also not to. And I did that on my playthrough. Uh, so playing through this game, I I got to a certain point and then I was going to save it. Then my son turned off the PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> before I finished saving. So I had to redo a section and instead of buying the flyer from Aerith, I said, no, I don't want the flyer accidentally. So that was just interesting. But it didn't seem to affect anything. But uh, regardless, I see your point, Paul. Uh, Logan, play, having played through it, do you feel like uh, the characters do get, you do start really investing in who these characters are and want to see them succeed or or do you feel like yeah these characters aren't really that likable i'd say probably with the exception of kate sith i i really wanted to see all the characters succeed um sorry words are hard uh you know from yuffie to barrett to tifa to red 13 um even sid vincent especially had a really uh just kind of messed up backstory to where i'm like i want to see him get some kind of redemption um, so I'd say definitely that they have a, a a point where you are like you're really rooting for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does does that make you a more intrigued, Paul, to play through the first part? We'll get there in my final. Okay. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I'll go with one other thing I didn't like, which also goes to something that uh, some people uh, like Dale and Chad has been bringing up the regarding the story. Man, okay. So, and Paul, I could see maybe how you may not want to. I know you're going to talk about your final rating, but there was so much story. I felt like I was like pleading for this game to give me a random battle because there seems to just be constant dialogue and story and just i mean i i i want to even know how to read <laughs> <laughs> it i mean it did seem a lot i almost wanted just it to be it's it felt like it was trying to be more movie than game and if that's going to do that i want them to have a lot more of those full motion videos uh in the game than they ended up having i would have liked that more as opposed to the little like chibi character uh interactions where there's yeah like lots of dialogue trees and i'm someone who wants like when i go to a town i want to talk to everyone so part of that's my fault but even in elements where you're not faced with that like there's this one sequence where you're climbing up like a staircase after staircase after staircase after staircase oh at Shinra tower and they're constantly talking over and over again and you're getting low kind of like this podcast tidbits of <laughs> are you are you going upstairs right now paul no just talking and talking yeah, <laughs> our I, listeners might be they're at the stair yeah. they're on the stairmaster i mastered the stairs uh so that's a good point uh that yes they could be on stairs but yeah that has just one part where it's just please please and please may it just be done with this not only because my thumb got tired of moving a poorly constructed <laughs> motion around 3d stairs with a d-pad but also because there's the dialogue was nothing like oh my gosh super compelling i i almost wish they would have just cut away to something that just went played by itself while they were just transcending the stairs by themselves like why make yeah. me do that i mean really it's yeah that, that's funny suffer. apparently yeah it's i, I actually yeah, I actually really enjoyed that part. Oh, really? I thought it was oh. so great because wow. no games will ever like do the like the mundane parts of life yeah. and show it. Like I mean, you know, going fair. up the stairs all the way, floor after floor. Like literally, the characters start running out of things to talk about because <laughs> it's literally so many floors that you're going up. I thought it was so interesting that they would show that. I mean, yes, I and I I applaud this game's experimentation and stuff like that. They did they yeah. there was a lot of things like cross dressing, you got to do that. Yeah, I mean lots of cool mm. lots of things. You got to <laughs> you you here, lots of try. Francisco applauds cross dressing. <laughs> Didn't go that far, Paul. I'm just saying it's interesting they got to try these things. I don't think that they really went uh, they didn't all land for me though. So, and one of those was I want more combat, more sort of gameplay mechanic stuff, and less like the motorcycle thing. I know you didn't get to this, Paul, but there's this sequence where you're on a motorcycle and try to hit things off. And as difficult as that was, I was like, oh well, this is something different. This is a new mechanic I gained to try and do, and that's that's interesting and fun. So I would have rather more stuff like that. Kitos. Uh, let's go back to you, and then we'll, uh, after you give your dislike, we'll go to Logan and then get to our tragic makers. So be quick about it, Kitos. All right. Yeah. So, one thing I, uh, my last thing that I didn't like about it was uh, I kept getting lost. 
like yeah. a lot more yeah. than I remember ever yeah. getting lost when I was a kid. I got lost, especially when the world map opened up. Oh, uh, I, I got lost instantly. I, mm. I, they said where you should probably go, and I could not find this. No, it's, where is that? No, it's weird with that. I, they said northeast, but for whatever reason, I thought it was northwest. So I was going northwest. I'm like, there's ocean here. There's nothing here. <laughs> you have to go into the ocean, Francisco. Oh, go around All the, the way globe. Around the world that you yeah. <laughs> yeah, the merman. Wow. I don't know if maybe they told me the wrong directions or what, but it was so difficult finding certain things. And this is why I ended up at the Chocobo farm, like, I think way before you're supposed to. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> so that's how you got it. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, uh, this eventually I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm not in the right place. And I started backtracking and I eventually found where I needed to go. Well, that's good. Glad you yeah. calmed down. Eh, eh, eh. See, because the sailor's name calm. That's a joke. Wow. I got that's that. A, oh, good. That's a joke. I'm smiling. It was so good. I forgot to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> What did okay? What about this game made you forget to laugh, Logan? Because it actually wasn't that funny or good. Wow. Um. So because I was like very adamant about doing a lot of the side stuff, fighting the different weapons and things like that, um, I was doing okay until I got to the ruby weapon fight, which was the last one that I needed in the game. And I was like, I had heard stories and read online that this is like the hardest fight in the entire game. And I'm like, ah, it can't be that bad. I defeated like a emerald weapon and the other one pretty easily enough. Yeah, no, ruby weapons is is horrifying. Um, I just when I got to the fight, I did not like the sudden ramp in difficulty and just how he uses this quicksand ability to destroy uh, or take out two of your party members, leaving only one left, and even yeah. using the cheat codes uh, in the game, like still doesn't even help you. So it's, it was a brutal fight. Uh, I did. Uh, tell me about even, it. Yeah. Like just that quicksand ability enough was just insane. I know. So, right. I mean, Francisco, hard. but oh, Francisco, I got to know, man, cause I used a certain te- a technique to beat it. How, what did, it, what did you use that find that was effective? Well, is see, game genie? is that what you use? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, you, you have to learn the secret secrets of the fire swamp. One of them is the, the quicksand, uh, but then also swamp, the, right. the, the fire spouts. And yes, the then spouts. you, you actually learn about the RUS, RUSs, and then you're good to go. Then you know what to do. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Fantastic. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> inconceivable. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about what's inconceivable, <laughs> inconceivable, inconceivable about Final Fantasy seven. I was gonna say seven vii. That's not right. Seventy-seven. <laughs> Let's talk about our tragic makers. The things we hid most about this game. Uh, Logan, hit us up with yours. So I'm gonna be honest, and I'm gonna say this. I'm very well aware of what I'm about to say next is probably going to get me stoned by everyone in the gaming community. But I hated the story. I really did. <laughs> really? I just okay. There was a tell us about where... this. Tell us about this. Somebody else said that in our feedback. So you're not alone. Yeah, that's oh, true. awesome. Awesome. We can we can both uh, die together as the gamers come <laughs> after us. Um, so the thing is, is like there's a point in the game where you meet up. You're, you're kind of figuring out what's going on with Sephiroth, what he's doing. You learn about Sephiroth's origin and then you, Sephiroth starts messing with Cloud and it just gets 
so darn trippy that I just, I was like, this is, this was the point where I'm like, I kind of checked out and I was like, this is so confusing and it mm. keeps going. And for <laughs> me, it kept getting convoluted. Like I had to watch a couple of YouTube videos to figure out what the story even really was, mm-hmm. was trying to do. And that <laughs> kind of helped. But I was just like, this is just, I don't remember it being this convoluted when I tried to play it a couple of years ago, but man, it is, it's so hard to understand. Yeah. I, I was, I, uh, in between our podcasts, again, go to the reform <laughs> yeah. Is that right? And yeah, 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 look at, uh, episode 165 to hear, uh, mm-hmm. me and Paul over on Logan's podcast. But in between when we record that and this, I read on Wikipedia sort of the plot summary of this. And I'm like, yeah. holy crap, is this a soap opera? Oh my gosh, yeah. this guy died <laughs> and then got this person's memories and this person really wasn't this person. I'm like, oh, what is going on with this? So yeah. I am, I did play to that extent, obviously. But given all that, I'm like, holy moly. Yes, That's I can wild. totally see why you, that would be your tragic maker. <sighs> wow. Okay. Well, Thank you, Logan. Now let's go to uh, Kitos. What was your tragic maker? My tragic maker was the delivery of the story. Not the story, but the delivery. Those oh. character models. <laughs> I oh. could not stand them. You're, you're, not, you're not talking about in combat. You're talking about the I'm, everywhere yeah, else. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about everywhere else. Like yeah. the, Not the, the full combat. motion videos, which were great and i was still like oh you're oh you oh really okay. some some of the uh, full uh, because some of the full motion videos still use those character models no well i'm talking about the the legit full motion video oh, oh, like the yeah, one with him riding the motorcycle the, yeah. those yeah, yeah. ones that yeah. looked like oh wow this is almost toy story quality i'm very impressed with this but no. okay I, I, no way i mean no yeah yeah, those are not Toy Story quality. Uh, uh, you need I said, to watch Toy I Story. Said, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. With that. <laughs> You're talking about the little plastic figures that look like they're made for two year olds moving around and talking. <laughs> Continue on, Kitos, to infinity and beyond. But yeah, no, the character models just—they just, they just uh, usually I'm not. Uh, I'm not like harping on you know how games look especially you know 8-bit 32-bit games anything like that but these character models it just felt like they had no like i i couldn't i couldn't relate them to the character i i when i think of the character in my head i think of the ones from the combat or the full motion videos Mm -hmm. i never think of these character models yeah totally in fact there were so many instances where I remembered having those like more fleshed out versions of the character in this game. I'm like, this moment looked way better. What's what's happening? I don't remember it like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so it looked like it was made for two year olds, right? Yeah. And like, why am I playing a baby's game here? <laughs> yeah, and and harping back to what you said about the you know all the text and reading and everything from for the how they delivered the story, right? Uh, Francisco, mm-hmm. like that with those character models, it just, it's like, it just dropped in quality right there for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it just, I don't know. It, it was tragic to me. Tragic. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, then let's go with, let's finish up with Paul because I already gave mine the controls. I just could not get over. Uh, Paul, what was your tragic maker for this oh, game that you had never played before? 
Yeah, so I'm I'm following right in line with you guys, especially Kethos. The the whole thing about controlling the character, especially I okay, I know they went from I, this was made by SquareSoft, who went mm-hmm. from like 2D platforms, and they're like, oh, we're gonna do 3D now with this technology, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like 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 Super Mario Mario 64 mm-hmm. is a 3D game that I can move around all right, but Right. I think the difference is is that the you can't move the camera in mm-hmm. this game. Mm-hmm. Oh, they move the camera during the fighting scene, but not during the other parts where you're getting lost. You can't. You don't know which way's up, which way's down, <laughs> and it's so frustrating. And then there's like a, a a timer and a bomb. Like you have to get <laughs> yes. out, otherwise you have to do this all over again. And it's so infuriating that it it just it's that's the worst part. I think it. They're they're trying to do. They weren't there with the I guess the 3D technology mm-hmm. to do a proper 3D game, and I think the game suffered for it, both in the controls and the playability. You know what I would have loved to have seen, and I feel like they, I'm pretty sure they did this with Final Fantasy Tactics, was they used like pixel art, they used pixel art assets to create Final Fantasy Tactics. Anyone who's played that, am I? Can you fact check me on that, Logan Kitos? I never played Tactics. Well, why are you guys on this show? What good are you? I played Fire Emblem. Does that count? Uh, no, that doesn't count. Fire Emblem. <laughs> okay. I played Tactics. I didn't care for it that much. Oh, my. oh did you, Paul, actually? Yeah. Okay. Like, so five to ten minutes. Okay. Like five, six years Do ago. Do you remember it being pixel no, art? No, I remember not liking it. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, whatever. I was like, can't I just play a regular Final Fantasy game? Chat, how about you help me out <laughs> with this? But I wish they would have gone with that style. And I know I'm Mr. Pixel Art. I love Pixel Art so much. But I feel like if they had kept it 2D, but just gone with the other, the a more brilliant story and used all the hardware they could and just pushed even more effects and stuff in that, I think it would have been a much more brilliant game. But then if they still kept the same story, maybe it would have just, yeah, gone just way more convoluted. I don't know. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Anyway, thank I'm, you. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad they actually did push 3D, even though I yeah. don't like. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. Um, even though I they you know I don't like the character models, mm-hmm. especially now. Mm-hmm. The fact that at least they pushed it for the battle scenes, yeah. right? Right. Mm-hmm. Like the, right. the fact that they had that was good. Yeah. I yeah. Oh, I agree. I just I wish agree. the rest of the game was like that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Right. So now that we've entered all our targeting information into the firing computer, Alice, do you have a firing solution for us? Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready on your mark. All right, it's time for the moment of truth. Do we rate Final Fantasy VII a classic? We'd recommend anyone go out and play this game, whether or not they've played it before. Hey, don't wait for the remake. Even though the remake's probably out by the time you play this, don't don't spend sixty bucks on that. Which apparently I heard from someone else that's not the full game. It's only like the first chapter until you get to the edge of the city or something, Midgar, and then you have to buy another thing. I don't know. Is that right or wrong? You guys tell uh, me. It, well, it, yes, you're right, but they also added a whole bunch of extra stuff to that beginning part. Yeah, but I want to get into this convoluted story anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so it's a classic. Do we rate a classic? You don't have to go buy the remake. It's totally worth the money to eBay this or buy it, it for like six bucks or ten bucks on Steam. Uh, or is it a nostalgic? It's definitely worth that six or ten bucks on Steam. 
If you are a fan of it, if you remember liking this, playing this as a kid or young adult, uh, and you have fond memories of it, it's worth returning back to. Or do do we rate this a tragic? It's not worth anyone's time. If you've never played it before, maybe play the remake. Or maybe just don't play this. Don't play this one though. Or if you remember it, don't d- remember liking it. Don't sully those memories with a replay. Let's start with our newest guest host, Logan. What is your final reign? You predicted classic. Did that hold up yeah. for you? It did not. Um, oh. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to give it a nostalgic. Nostalgic, um, okay. I think. I mean, I think it's still worth playing. It's just you ha- kind of have to be aware that you're getting into something that hasn't really aged all that well, mm-hmm. yeah. and so you can't go into it expecting it to be up to par with uh, kind of current games. And if anything, finishing this one out, um, getting the platinum trophy, um, humble brag. Uh, it made <laughs> oh me really gosh. glad that. It made me really glad that this game uh, is getting a remake because I think it it definitely uh, deserves it. But I'm going to give it nostalgic. All right, cool. Thank you, Logan. Uh, Kitos, what say you? Uh, so I I predicted that it would be classic, yeah. mm-hmm. and I'm much of the same opinion that Logan is. Uh, okay. uh, I I think this is a nostalgic, mm-hmm. and uh, it's. <sighs> And that's subject to change with the remake. I haven't sure. played the remake yet, but we'll see oh, how that goes. So you're like, as in, if the remake's amazing, this might become classic or uh, tragic? tragic? Oh, tragic. tragic. Okay. tragic. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So um, I would say it's nostalgic, at least right now. Okay. Just because uh, if you have played it way back when, you'll still enjoy it mm-hmm. if you play it now. Um, but... I think you'll find all all of the dislikes that we listed will will come back, and you'll be like, "Oh, this is this needs a remake." So I am really happy that they are remaking it. All this right. is a game that deserves it, Very and cool. that that's why I give it a nostalgic. Okay, awesome. So we've gone through our guests. We have two nostalgic so far. Let's just say from chat here, uh, and Sour Bobo. No, Alice never says no to me because she's programmed to say yes. Uh, but other people. I just realized that could be taken very poorly. Anyway, uh, Ashley says, a nostalgic, the Duplo characters will haunt your dreams. Play the remake. Uh, Enthusiast says, nostalgic. Uh, <laughs> that's our Baba Price is right, Horn? Yeah, oh, oh. We went, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And then Dale thinks, nostalgic, close to tragic. Okay, so now that we, a lot of nostalgic here. Paul, what was your final rating? Well, as someone who didn't play it way, way back when, I have no nostalgic feelings for it. Mm-hmm. So going right <laughs> off the bat. Um, so I didn't get very far in this. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I didn't have enough time being quarantined. It's just that <laughs> all these tragic things that we list, all the dislikes we listed, it's all there. It just, I just did not want to continue playing it. Ooh, I, yeah. I, several times I almost reached out to everybody and say, Please, can we just do cover the remake <laughs> instead? Wow, this is just painful to try to get through. So, for me, it's I predicted classic, but I was very disappointed, and now it's a tragic for me. Tragic. Wow. Oh man. Okay. So. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> I. You know what? I. I. I think the funnest part of this for this game for me 
other than the battle system, which was fine, was and talking like Mr. Hank. That was it. Was playing <laughs> Cloud as Poopoo Head talking like Mr. Hank. <laughs> <laughs> and Gage to do that on stream. If if we weren't doing this for the podcast for this epic crossover, which I love that we're doing this yeah. as a crossover with Reform Gamers. Uh, if we weren't doing it for that though, I probably m- would much rather play another game. I don't know if I have any interest to. I mean, I, I'll probably keep hold on to the game. I may play it sometime down the road, but I'm way more itching to get back to Super Punch Out and some of the other games on the SNES over this game. So I think I'm gonna have to rate a tragic also. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So we have a tie. We have a tie. So that means we're going to go out to our Rewind Republic for uh, to get a final rating on this. Uh, If you're uh, if you're not a member of the Rewind Republic, we're going to jump to the future here and get the final rating. Thanks to them in a second. But just want to let you know if you want to be uh, part of the people that help decide these draws in the future, you can uh, join our Patreon at the five dollar level. Uh, I think it's the $5. Yeah, the $5 level. And then you will have the ability to help decide games like this. Should, should Final Fantasy be a, uh, classic? I mean, if we get enough votes classic, you could bring this up from the depths of despair and it could be a classic according to just you rewinders. Oh, no, no. Actually, it couldn't be because you only think that was possible. Yeah. Cause I averaged the, the rewind republic vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So never mind. So you'll just break the tie between this tragic and tragic. <laughs> sorry, sorry to to lift it up for to give you that glimmer of hope. But speaking of the re- rewind republic, let's go to them now. Francisco from the future. What did they say? Whoa! Thank you, Francisco from the past. So I just got the results in from the rewind republic, and you over our patrons overwhelmingly. Voted Final Fantasy VII a classic game. There were a few nostalgic uh, ratings in there as well, uh, but if I take those as a collective, it's an overall classic rating from them. But we're going to have to average it out with the two nostalgics. Uh, if you if we're going to count that as a high rating with the two nostalgics, I know we're having to average this time, which we don't like to do. But otherwise, we'll end up with another draw. So because of Essentially, one classic, two nostalgics, and two tragic reigns across all our hosts and the Rewind Republic. We're going to have to give Final Fantasy VII, according to the Retro Rewind Podcast and our Rewind Republic, a highly disputed nostalgic game. Back to Francisco of the past and Kitos, Paul, and Logan. Oh, oh my gosh, guys. Can you believe that they I ended up with that? Possible. Wow. wow. Oh man. Wow. Well, okay. I, I mean, they said it, and that's the final I mean, rating. There you go. Thank you. Can't argue. Thank you, yep. uh, patrons. And uh, now I think it's you know speaking of time travel, I think it's time to get back to our own time. Good old twenty XX. Twenty XX. Headsets online. Receiving incoming transmission. <laughs> Feels good to be back, but we wouldn't have been able to travel back to 1997 to begin with if it weren't for our amazing reflux capacitors, namely Jared Holzhauer, Deborah Powers, Brian Keating, Patrick Hicks, LJ Lowry, Chris Cowan, The Feel and Film Podcast, Chris Owens, Geek Devotions, The Untold Podcast, Mrs. Lomax, James Kennison, Daryl Hafner, Kevin Joshua Burnham, Drew of the Cellcast, Ashley Cronbitter, Pastor Deuston, and Kenneth and Cummings, in addition to five other awesome patrons as well. <sighs> 
Thank you all so, so much for keeping the gigawatts coming. And if you want to help us help keep us flying for as little as $1 a month and get bonus content for your generosity, head over to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support to see how. And I will mention that we are going to do something special for our 200th episode, which is coming up right after this one. What we're going to do is we're going to uh, ask all the patrons at any level to send us in your audio feedback on the movie that we will be covering, our first movie in anime. So if you want to be a part of that, it'll essentially be me and Paul, and uh, it'll just be us two. And then our guest host will be all the patrons who send in audio. We'll be like going through. Uh, we probably won't play every single one's likes and dislikes unless we only get one person. Then you'll be the <laughs> they'll be the de facto guest host. But if we get a bunch of uh, audio feedback, we'll play uh, the. We'll make sure everyone at least gets one play. But we'll go through your likes, dislikes, and uh, classic makers, tragic makers, all that good stuff uh, for our 200th episode. So, but you have to be a patron if you want to be a part of that. So, just but it could be at any level, one dollar or twenty. Or hey, if you want to down put down a hundred bucks for that, I guess you can. That seems extreme, but I'm not going to stop you. And what are we going to be covering? Do you know? Uh, well, you'll find you have to wait to the very end of this episode to find out, Paul. Oh, you got to listen, folks. And while we're thanking our supporters, we want to give a big avalanche hug to our subscribers on Twitch, <laughs> which is another way to send us a couple bucks a month. If you have Amazon Prime, you can subscribe for free. Find out how at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Twitch Prime. But hey, let's keep the gratitude train going because, you know, the, much like the steam trains in uh, Final Fantasy Seven. Because we love hearing from you, be it our uh, Apple Podcast reviews, comments on our website, Podchaser reviews, or through our contact form. And here is what uh, some of you had to say. Super Shadow on Twitch included us in a list of the top 21 Christian streamers that he would want with him on a desert island, and Retro Rewind Podcast was one of them. Yes, indeed. Because, you know, wow. I, I mean, we've seen Castaway. We haven't reviewed yeah. Castaway, but, so I think we could survive. But well, even with 20, 21 other Christian podcasters, that's not very isolated. That's... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he takes one, us one at a time. Uh, I, I don't know how that works. So <laughs> let's go. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for reaching out to us. Yes. RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 199 is the place to find timestamps for this episode, links to contact us, and links for voting on the movies you want us to review. But that's not the only place you can reach us. Paul, where else can people find the show and also yourself? Yes, thank you, Francisco. So glad you asked. You can feel free to talk to us and share anything you like or find funny that is 15 years or older on social media. We are Retro Rewind Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can join our Discord server by going to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Discord. Also, as I mentioned, we are on Twitch. Watch and chat with us live as we record this podcast, play retro video games, and create pixel art by following us at twitch.tv slash RetroRewindPod. But if you want to find me, Paul J. Powers, go to... I messed up on my Whoa, That was so epic. <laughs> <laughs> you lost it. PaulJPowers.com. Wow. Th thank you very much, Announcer Man ExoPaul. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it's it's awesome getting to have you as best friend, co-host. I'm so fortunate to get to do this podcast with you. Yeah, and even though I rated this game a tragic, I'm still glad that I was able to play it because I was curious. So mm -hmm. Thank you. I'm so grateful to have you as my best friend. And I'm also 
so grateful to have our guests for coming on to play this awful, I mean, to play this <laughs> game with us. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Logan, please tell us how we can find you online. Is it a, is there anything you'd like to promote? Uh, yeah, you guys can uh, follow the Reform Gamers uh, on Twitter, social media, all that stuff. Really, if you just go to the reformgamers.com, you'll get links to all of our social media stuff, our Twitch channel. Uh, you can also read some of our awesome articles that are up there on the website. Uh, so definitely encourage you all to go to reform, the reformedgamers.com. Uh, today and yeah, not just any reformed gamers, but the, the reformed, the reformed the, gamers. And can you we're very official talk a little bit more about what people can expect when they listen to your show? Not just this epic crossover, but your show in general. Sure. Yeah. So the idea behind the reformed gamers is uh, reforming the way that Christians interact and engage with video games. And so what we do, what me and my co-host Adam do, is we uh, just give you an idea of the format of the show. We start the show off with what we've been playing, then what we've been reading, which is either a, a book on some aspect of theology or something from the Bible itself. And then we get into a video game and we discuss the themes of the video games themselves. So, like, for example, we've done uh, God of War from 2016 and talked about uh, things like masculinity, fatherhood, that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, you guys can go listen to episode 165 and listen to us talk about Final Fantasy VII and talk about things like uh, self-defense, war, um, the pursuit of godhood and those kind of things. So mm-hmm. it's it, we get pretty in-depth sometimes, but don't let that scare you. We make it uh, easy enough for, for folks to get into and enjoy. Awesome. And yeah, thank you so much again for having us on your show. I want to say for those of you who are patrons or have thought about being patrons... We do a spiritual speculation uh, at, as bonus content for pretty much every episode now. We've been doing that for I don't know how many episodes where we talk about the spiritual themes of the movies or games we cover. And we're we're not doing it for this episode because we essentially did that over on the Reform Gamers. So if you've always wanted to get a sense of what that is like, what type of conversation that is, go and listen to episode 165 of the Reform Gamers to find out. And uh, so you could see get sort of a taste of what we do uh, pretty much every episode over here on uh, Retro Rewind Podcast. And thank you so much, Logan, for for hanging out uh, here, for yeah. doing your podcast. It's a great podcast. I enjoy listening to it. And Thanks, uh, of course, and for doing your streaming and glad you were here. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Of course. And let's not forget Kethos, who's still here. He's been so quiet. <laughs> so, it's been great having you as our official game correspondent, as always. Thank mm-hmm. you for coming on. I enjoy Please. all the games, even the tragic ones. Yes. <laughs> we tell the fine listeners, or I should say the dear listeners, ah. <laughs> uh, where people can find you, and is there anything you'd like to promote? Uh, anyone can find me on Twitter at cool deluxe that's at q o o l d e l u x x um you can message me there or just start a conversation if you want um nothing too new to promote uh but if there is i'll let you know next time excellent and i've never really said this publicly and i don't know if i've said this privately but i want to say that um for all the for you all of cross dressing, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out, it's been revealed. She Edgar Hoover, uh, no. Why that's, is he on your phone? That's a reference of <laughs> a lot of things. Why I want not? to say, for anyone who enjoys our streaming content on Twitch. You, you gotta really give a big thank you to Kitos because he's the one who helped me figure out 
to ha- what Twitch was that I should give it a shot. He has been a big supporter of me in, in that endeavor. So thank you so much, Kitos, for, for getting me to, to get over there, leave YouTube and go to Twitch because it's been, it's been great getting to meet all these awesome people. So a lot of that has to do with you. So thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome, Francisco. I'm glad to see you still streaming. Oh, thank you. All righty, guys. Well, thank you all so much, Logan. Thank you, Kitos. Thank you, Paul. And as much as I love you guys, I think there's someone else that I appreciate even more. Yes, it's actually you listening right now. That's right. You, Cloud, Barrett, Tifa, Joe. Red 13. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Older. yeah. Sure, sure. You're all you're all listening to this, but whatever you're doing, wherever you are, whether you're washing dishes right now, uh, walking the five feet from your bed to your work computer, whatever you're doing, wherever you are, whether this is your first time listening to the show or you're part of our Rad Rewinder community, thank you so much for spending time with us, and we pray that you're more joyful now than when you first hit play. I have been and continue to be Francisco Ruiz. Find me on Twitter. At this is a new handle now at FXR Retro. So FX Retro underscore. You have to include the underscore. Or you could search FX Retro and you could probably see the one with my pixel art face. But FX Retro underscore on Twitter. That's where you can follow me for all my. I'm going to be posting Instagram. Uh, Instagram. I'm going to be posting pixel art work there, works in progress, final pieces. Uh, emotes i've done been doing a lot more emotes uh did some for form gamers which i'm very proud of and uh so if you're emotes look really good thank you so much and if you wanted to see if you love pixel art like me and want to see uh more of it i'm posting myself posting other pixel art from people that are way better than me and like i aspire to be so uh definitely check me out at f at fx retro underscore yeah so if you want to uh if you want to commission me for some pixel art work for yourself, just DM me over on that, at that Twitter handle. Finally, we are honored to be part of the Christian Geek Central Network at christiangeekcentral.com. And it's finally time to find out what we're going to be reviewing for our 200th episode. That's right, Paul. So I do want to say you can catch us at CGC or our website. But like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all for our 200th episode covering an American tale, Fievel Goes West. Definitely the better American tale on our next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Shots fired. Play the button. Retro Rewind mission complete. Proceed to nap point Omega and return to base. What you pursue will be yours, but you will lose something dear. Uh, Dear listener. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>